Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Baseball Together podcast, baseball family. For those of you new to the show, we are here to raise money for the nonprofit organization called Up, whose mission is to give disadvantaged young ball players the equipment they need to play the game we all love. We also want to unite communities by improving or rebuilding baseball facilities in areas suffering economic or environmental hardship. At this time, you can support by purchasing t-shirts and other baseball-related apparel and accessories from 9plusus.com. 10% of all sales go directly to the cause. Again, that's 9plusus.com. That's the number 9 P-L-U-S-U-S dot com. Nine plus us dot com. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Baseball Together podcast brought to you by Nine Plus Us. Welcome baseball family. This is Brig and Brad coming at you from Baseball Together podcast. The Just to let you know the purpose of this podcast is to provide you know, a home for baseball family. We consider you our extended baseball family, and we're excited to have you here. What you'll get from this podcast is is going to be a hodgepodge of all kinds of different things, all related to baseball. Our purpose is to bring people together through baseball, right? We're going to use baseball as the mm-hmm. vehicle for community. So basically, uh, you know, you'll get some current events from us. We're going to get some nostalgia in here. We're going to talk about, uh, especially in this episode, we'll be talking about where baseball came from in our personal lives and and how it's affected us over the years and and we're excited to to bring this podcast to you weekly so you can count on us every week yeah that's right yeah we'll be bringing stuff like brigham said we'll be bringing stuff to you about uh about what baseball means to us and i'm excited for this i'm excited should we get this thing rolling let's do it man all right so let's start with some current events from this last week brigham uh so I've been thinking a lot about this whole thing that happened between the, I guess it wasn't necessarily between the, the Astros and the Cubs, but it happened at that game at Minute yeah. Maid Park. Um, and gosh, man, this, this whole thing. So this, I've got a four-year-old and this, mm-hmm. this just got me hard. Um, four-year-old girl was sitting in the stands with the family, got hit by a foul ball. And man, there's so many things. I was mad. I was sad. Just so yeah. many emotions going on yeah. with this whole thing. And, you know, I used to be so against extending netting down the lines. Right. Um, but that was before I had kids. And also when I was kind of this arrogant guy who was like, I used to play baseball. I, I, I just, can handle just go it. To the, just go to the game. Pay attention. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Just take your glove with you and pay attention. Yeah. And, you know, to this day, you know, there, unfortunately, I do feel like there is some kind of a stigma with adult men taking a ball glove to the field, mm-hmm. which I don't think there should be because if you're sitting in the stands and you think you're going to catch a ball coming at you at any kind of speed, even in the outfield, if you think you're going to catch a home run ball that got off the bat at 112 miles an hour, right? you've got a whole thing, a whole nother thing coming at you because 
that's basically a rock. Like I said, come back <laughs> yeah, to at a hundred right. miles an hour. Might as well be a meteor. <laughs> yeah. No, for yeah. real though. I mean, that's going to, that's going to take your hand off. It There's could. a reason you see guys going after those home run balls in the last second they pull back and everybody goes, Oh man, why didn't you catch it? He's like, uh, cause I value my life. That's <laughs> right. why. I feared you for know? my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Take a ball glove to the field. My dad always says, Hey, it's self-defense. You that's know, right. Yeah. I'm not taking it to catch a foul ball to myself. I'm taking it to protect myself and the people around me. If yeah. I catch a foul ball, I'll give it to a kid. You know, yeah, I don't care. Like yeah. that's the thing. It's so funny. We can talk about this in another episode. But the the aggressive, I need a foul ball thing. Mm-hmm. I never understood that. I'm not. I'm like, I don't oh, need yeah. that souvenir. Yeah, but no. some people get go. They go crazy about that. Oh yeah, that is. We could spend a whole podcast on that. We should. <laughs> pencil it in man let's we talk will. about that we'll, we'll put that down for another time but but no i i do think they need to extend the netting on this and i do think there are some some things that people can do as far as safety of games mm-hmm. to help in the meantime you of know of course um be, because i have a whole another opinion of rob rob manford let's put this down for another <laughs> yeah let's talk about rob another day yeah absolutely <laughs> another topic but in the meantime until they do extend that netting i do feel like this is one of the things that i do i always sit with my i always sit myself between the rest of my family and the batter yeah me too and if if we're sitting down sec we're sitting down the first baseline mm-hmm. if there's a if there's a right-handed batter up if you're talking to me you're talking just to my right ear right because yeah. i've got my i've got eagle eyes on that batter yeah and See, and I do the opposite. I actually do the opposite. I sit at the back so that oh, if yeah. I need to stand up and lunge in front of somebody, I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and see, I like to sit in between just because mm-hmm. I I feel like I'm kind of that barrier. And, mm-hmm. and you know, like I said, like kind of have that arrogant attitude of, you know, I, I played baseball for a long time. I can I can get that, that right. bat off that ball coming at me. Um, and I don't know if I still can. Ten years ago, I I'm yeah, sure, right. I'm sure I could have, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, spent time at third base, spent time behind the plate. I had pretty quick hands. I know I don't now. <laughs> right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, but I like to be able to think that if anybody's going to get hit, I'd rather have it be me than anybody else. Yeah, you know? that's how I feel too. I'd but, rather it be me. Yeah. But anyways, I think I think those are some things that people can do in the meantime is at least have one person in your group paying attention to the ball at yep. all times. So, yeah. Well, in the stadiums that I've been to, even the minor league clubs, they're really good about putting up a sign that says, look, you know, objects are closer than they appear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're, you know, you it's know, coming at you. They have those at all ballparks, but still people don't pay attention. I was at a Mariners game in high school and uh, there are these guys sitting there just talking and it was during batting practice. These guys are just, you know, shooting the breeze. Sure. And uh, I specifically remember Ryan Klesko was with the Padres at the time hit a ball down the line. I watched it go up into the stands, turned around. This guy wasn't, wasn't paying attention. Everybody yelled heads up. And he turned just in time to have the ball hit and smack in the face. Oh, that's like, brutal. Oh man. This ball's coming out of the field, man. Just gets back. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're not well, going to. What, what I find so interesting is that in society in general, right? Like this, the mm-hmm. younger fan base is, is paying less and less attention in every other aspect of their lives, right? Like driving, Mm -hmm. it's no different in school. It's no different. Um, And so I think that it's inevitable that it bleeds into baseball, which is already kind of a park picnic-y atmosphere where, and I laud that, you know, people talk about pace of play and there's some valid arguments there that we need to talk about. But for me, I love the fact that I can have a conversation during the game. I love that I can, you know, 
exchange a few sentences, turn around, watch the at bat and then turn okay. back around while they get set and do that. I love that. Yeah. So, so I admittedly, like I'm not always paying a hundred percent attention and I am mm-hmm. a capable fan, right? I am yeah. self-aware. I do know what's going on in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. We had, uh, we had, what was this? A double A game? Is that right? Yeah, it was, it was a double A game. As the Hartford Yard Goats and the Trenton Thunder, I love minor league ball ball uh, ball club names. Like, the yeah, they're hilarious, right? Yeah, the Yard Goats, the Yard Goats, uh, so and the Mud the, Hens, and the Stripers. Oh, and... <laughs> the, we got the Rubber Ducks. The Rubber Ducks. Yeah, <laughs> so and the new the one. There's a new one that's hilarious. Anyway, so the Thunder bunted to break up a no hitter. Yeah, how do you feel about that, Berg? Well, I have lots of thoughts, but. Real basic, I think that it comes down to whether you're going to – are you going to adhere to the unwritten rules of baseball or not? And we're seeing a massive shift culturally from the bigs all the way down where those unwritten rules are being challenged left and right. So mm-hmm. the situation is real simple. It was it was the ninth inning. You know, the Thunder were down three runs, and Matt Lipka is the name of the player. He's 27, and he mm-hmm. decides to drop a bunt. Um, there, You know, there were no outs. And, it, you know, his team's only down by three, okay? Right. Yep. So my opinion is if it was a blowout, absolutely I can see the argument for not – like if it was 10 to 0 in the mm-hmm. ninth or 15 to 0 in the ninth, okay, maybe don't lay a bunt down and break up the no-no. That's my first mm-hmm. thought. But because it was so close, all's fair in love and war. The second right. thought that I had was that – uh, you know, this was a combined no-hitter. I think there were three or even four pitchers. I think, I think this was the fourth pitcher. Yeah. yeah. So so it's the fourth pitcher. Come Like, it just is inevitable that it is less significant. Mm-hmm. I, In my opinion, and, and I know pitch count is a massive issue right now, and people are always, you know, pulling guys earlier and earlier and earlier. I mean, I think we'll see a day where starting pitchers might only go to the fourth inning. For some reason, just to preserve their arms, you know, especially mm-hmm. early in the season. But to have a combined no hitter is not as exciting as a true no no, right? With right. a starting pitcher yeah. who's all the way in the ninth, getting all twenty seven himself. That's that's different. Yep, no, I totally agree with that part as far as the no hitter. But this was this is an unwritten rule that I do not agree with, just because I've seen teams come back. Come oh, yeah. all the way back, no matter how far you you are down, because that's part of a no no. You got to get twenty seven outs. Yeah, right. Yes. Like if I don't care if there are if there are two outs in the bottom of the ninth and he hasn't given up a hit and you're down seven nothing, you still got to get that last out. And that team still has one more out to score seven runs. Yeah, that's right. And and you know I remember going up to bat in you know late innings of a game and I looked down to the coach like you know, third base coach, you got a runner on first or no, or nobody on. It's like, Hey coach, you know, what do we, you want me to bunt? You want me to do? And it's like, they just look at me, you know, give me nothing to say, Hey, we just need base runners. Yeah, You know, that's right. That's the first thing. That's the first thing you got to do. If you're going to come back, you just need base runners. Yeah. And sometimes that's a bunt can spark that. So I have no problem with that. And to be honest, as far as the unwritten rules go here, I feel like we've come so far away from the spirit of the unwritten rules, because I feel like that's, really what they were was uh, was to help with the spirit of the game. I took a sports officiating class when I was in school, and I'm, I'm going to take this to the time right now we're at uh, 
the, the uh, Women's World Cup just started. Yeah. So I'm going to make a soccer reference here. Do it. Uh, it's gutsy, but do it. <laughs> <laughs> My soccer teacher told us the spirit of the game is make sure everybody's having fun and everybody's safe. And I feel like the unwritten rules is just make sure everybody's having fun and everybody's being respectful. Yeah. Like, like that's it, really all if you it boil is. it down. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like if it's, if it's a seven, nothing game and we've got a no, no, and somebody lays down a bunt and I'm a third base and I'm just like, Oh man, you got me. You that's got me. Good. Yes. You know, like kudos to you, buddy. And, and the pitcher is going to be mad. I understand that, but you know, he, he should be mad at his third baseman for playing so yeah, far back. That's right. You know? And so what I did yeah. was I asked the, the VIP group, for those of you listening, we have a, we have a VIP group on Facebook. We want you to be a part of that. So come and join the nine plus us VIP group. But I asked the VIP group, I said, look, baseball family, what do you think of this? This is the situation, whatever. And uh, we had some really interesting comments. Matthew Friend says it's just plain smart baseball, right? Out on the field, mm-hmm. you got to be ready for anything. And if the batter shows bunt at any at all, then that third baseman and the, and the pitcher and everybody needs to be paying attention and hustling mm-hmm. to get down the baseline, first baseman and everything. So, you know, if you're not covering a base, you got to be backing one up, right? If you're not backing yeah. one up, then you better be in, in a cutoff position. That's just how baseball mm-hmm. goes. And I, so yeah, I think and, you're right. And I think the overwhelming majority of fans would agree with you. Yeah. And I understand, you know, as far as covering a bunt, it can be tough. If a guy, if you're playing back and a guy shows bunt late. Yeah. In a non-bunt situation like that. I understand all that. But at the same time, like there is what, I think there's only one out in this situation. No, I don't think you there know. were any outs. Oh, even even more so. Yeah. No outs. No outs. You you've got to be up. I I feel like the Oh, there was one out. Yeah, there was one out. Okay. Yeah. Either way, either you know, one out I, that's still a normal bunt situation. It is. So Yeah. All right. Well, what let's, kills let's me What kills oh, me sorry, is that, that he's been getting death threats. Oh gosh. So the, there's no reason this that, guy. Ever. So the fans, the the uh, Yardbirds fans or Yard Goats fans, um, they've been issuing death threats over social media to this guy, Matt mm-hmm. Lipka. Now there, and I agree with you. There is no place for that. Like that has gone way. Like benches cleared after the game. Everybody's got a little emotional and a little upset, and that's fine. Yeah. I got that. But but the fact that fans now and the and the you know the the community is rallying against this guy to the point of verbal abuse is one thing to the point of death threats. That's crazy. Yeah, no, there's uh, people take stuff way too far these days. The edge of social media, like yeah. they're just, uh, that's another topic for another day, but no, there's no, there's no place, no place for that. Yeah. And no place for that in baseball, no place for that in society. Yeah. Agreed. Let's go ahead and wrap this up with uh, Keiko and Kimbrel. We had, uh, Craig Kimbrell went to the Cubs. Yep. He is going to be there through 2021, it looks like. And then Dallas Keuchel went to the Braves on a one-year deal. Yeah, one-year deal. So, so honestly, with these guys coming this late in the season, I'm fine with that. In fact, if I'm the Braves and the Cubs, I'm loving it. Oh, yeah. Because, because they're basically just coming out of an extended spring right now. Mm-hmm. I was reading, uh, I think it was Kimbrell. Kimbrell has been has been working out in Florida. Yeah. Um, he actually had to pull back on the weights because he said that he's starting to look like a football player. <laughs> um, in fact, he's been pitching to a high school catcher, and I'm like, that poor kid. That poor kid. Like he, I didn't know that. He better be prepping for the bigs because <laughs> catching that kind of gas oh, in high school, yeah. 
nobody, nobody has thrown anything like what Kimbrell's thrown. And he, I'm sure he was just wetting himself the first oh, time he got behind geez. the play. He's like, you know, I'm sure Kimbrell comes up. Hey, you want to, you want to catch a bullpen? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine that. No, that would be so well, And you were a catcher. So I was a catcher. A frame of yeah. reference. So I do because uh, in high school, we had a shortstop who threw 95. He had the hardest, he had, he had the strongest arm on the team. Yeah. And we were scrimmaging the varsity when I was a sophomore. I was on JV. And uh, uh, we had the we had the sophomore, we had the JV catchers uh, catching the varsity pitchers because we had the varsity pitchers facing the varsity batters. Nice. And uh, the coach wanted him to come in and pitch the last inning. And uh, and he's like, freeze, get on the mound. Uh, he called me corner. He's a corner. Get behind the get, right. get behind the plate. And I was like, "Excuse me, what now?" Excuse me, huh? And all the other catchers, as I was getting my gear on, they're like, "Hey, you know, it was nice knowing you. Yeah. It's been great <laughs> having you on the team. Um, we'll speak well of yeah, you. We'll speak well." Of I'm you. not. I'm not kidding you, man. I got behind the plate and I was just like, just catch it in the pocket yeah. every time because yeah. I was afraid. I was seriously afraid I was going to break my hand if I caught that thing in the pocket. For sure. That was 95. I can't imagine catching these guys in 100. No. No, I can't but, either. Yeah. Okay, but Anyways. Keichel went to the Braves. So what's interesting about Keichel's situation is that the Braves owners group, you know, this media group that's, that owns the Braves, they're notoriously mm-hmm. tight budgeted, right? They're right. and and they've been they spent all their money on the battery, which I know I don't think you've have you been down to the battery now in Marietta? I have not. Okay, so they're no longer at Turner Field. For those of you that don't know, the Braves right. don't play at Turner anymore. They're they're not actually in Atlanta, right? It's like 40 right. minutes north of Atlanta in Marietta. And I've been down there. I've been to a game down there because I live close. And this is this is the most gorgeous ballpark atmosphere that I've ever seen at a major league facility. Yeah. It's crazy, but it's also crazy expensive. And so mm-hmm. they're using p- potential payroll and, and salary and signing bonuses and all that money to pay off the bond and try and <laughs> recover some of the expenses of this of this real estate deal is basically what it is. So, so for the fact that they came out of pocket for a guy that they need is, is one really interesting thing. I don't know if you've been paying attention to the Braves. I live in Braves country, so everybody's always talking about it. But what's interesting is that their pitching has been deteriorating steadily since the beginning of the season. Oh yeah. And so the, the topic of conversation around pitching is, Oh my gosh, we need one guy real bad. And so there's a lot of conversation about how, you know, Keiko's a little older and he's lost some velocity and all of that's true. He's he a, had a pretty rough year last year, too. Yeah, he did. And he's a higher contact rate guy now. Like people are yes, getting a piece is. of him more than they ever yeah. have. So, but what he's going to bring to the clubhouse, I think, is the most important, right? He's going to bring veteran uh, maturity he, to a really young team. He's going to need or he's going to bring a bunch of um, charisma and leadership and all the stuff that that mm. I think will help ground these players. And they're only a couple games behind Philadelphia right now. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see what this one shot of leadership does. And then, of course, we got the trade deadline coming up. So who knows what could happen with a because they're they're ranked 21st in Major League Baseball in payroll right now. They're at like 116 million. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's very low. Well, and I mean, they've got, they've got such a young core and that's why they're not paying anybody anything. So is that smart or is that stupid? 
I think it's smart. I, and I think, I think having a veteran in the clubhouse goes a long ways. Um, if, especially if he can be a leader, I don't know that he necessarily had to be a leader for the Astros because they had, you know, their big three yeah. with, uh, with Altuve, Correa and Bregman's shown to be pretty vocal. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he seems to be a, a pretty good leader on that team. But I mean, a guy with a ring can come in and say, Hey, yeah. this is what we did. This is what seemed to, this is what worked. Same thing with Kimbrel with the Cubs. And you know, the Cubs have won recently, so they don't necessarily need that. But, right. but just one more guy with a ring to add that credibility to that clubhouse. What's interesting is the narrative around the Atlanta pitching staff though. Everybody's dying. Uh, you know, kind of this like this lame duck thing where they're all just kind of flopping around and getting worse. Mm-hmm. And the narrative is, oh my gosh, if we could just get one guy who's sturdy, yeah. right? One guy who's solid as a rock. And that's what they're hoping to get from Keiko. It's interesting though, because in New York with the, one of the best pitching staffs in baseball, they're like, oh my gosh, if we could just get one more stellar arm, <laughs> right? Yeah. They, we need a fifth really good pitcher. And it's like, what? It's crazy that yeah. in Atlanta, they think, that they can hang their hat on one guy and, and with the talent that they have, it's, it's possible they can. Yeah, I really think they could. I just, I just want to wrap this segment up with, this, with one last thought. Um, so I started with the thought that they're coming out of extended spring. So guys kind of start to run out of gas in about August. Typically. Yeah. Keiko could start to run out of gas in September, right? But you see guys kind of start to get that second wave in September. Mm-hmm. He'll get his his uh, his second wind in probably October if that's when the Braves ah, are playing. Great. So that could be interesting to see. That could be really good for the Braves. That's a great point. Uh, but let's go ahead and and wrap this segment right here. We'll take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. Hey, Mike, Catherine, those are some cool T-shirts you guys have. Thanks, man. Yeah, I got it from 9plusus.com. They have tons of great baseball designs. Yeah, I wear my 9plusus clothing all the time. My favorite gym tank says diamonds are everyone's best friend. And my go-to shirt for barbecue says a hot dog at the ballpark is better than steak at the Ritz. Wow, I love that. Right? Isn't that so cool? Yeah, I also got this snapback from 9plusus. They're really the greatest stuff. Well, I'm going to have to do some shopping after this batter. What was that site again? So yeah, it's 9plusus.com. So the number 9, right? 9 players on the field plus us. So 9, the number 9, P-L-U-S-U-S.com. Shop9plusus.com. Apparel for game day and every day. All right, we are back. Uh, So we're going to go into our little a little bit of history about ourselves with baseball. Uh, we both have a background in baseball. Um, Brig, to be honest, we've talked a whole lot of baseball. I know you're a Yankee fan. I like to razz you about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up a staunch Yankee hater. I mean, I, it's, it's in my blood, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. So I come by it honestly. Um, but, but why don't you go ahead and just tell us how you got to be a baseball fan and what, what got you into baseball? Well, that's a great question. And honestly, I got to give credit to my dad. You know, I think a lot of people would say that. Um, yep. But but my dad, you know, I maybe it's cliche, but I'm going to say this. I can still feel the sting in my hand from when I, <laughs> you know what I mean? From the first yep. time we played catch, I, I still got it. I can remember. It's such a yep. vivid memory. And mm-hmm. I think that that's how it should be, right? If you can have that experience and hold on to it, 
man, it's, mm-hmm. what a cherished memory. So, so for me, my dad got me started and, and I'm going to have to blow the roof off this time and tell everybody that, you know, my whole family's there. They're all diehard Red Sox fans. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know. That if is a heel told turn. You that. that is no, that is a heel turn. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, that it is. is. <laughs> so my dad, my dad lived in New England um, and he, he's a diehard Red Sox fan. And so is everybody else in my family. And even the in-laws, even the people who have married into the family have all been Red Sox fans, except my wife. Wow. So I'm like massively outnumbered anytime I get together. And when they play each other, I get razzed or, and I, you know, and I dish it out too. But, uh-huh. um, you know, it, for me, it was inevitable. Right. So I grew mm-hmm. up in Utah. I didn't have a team. I got to pick whoever I wanted. And it just was a miracle 90s year, mm-hmm. your decade, I rather, for the Yankees. Oh, and so, big time. so I grew up, you know, I was idolizing Derek Jeter and Andy Pettit and mm-hmm. Jorge Posada and David Cohn and, um, you know, all mm-hmm. these guys. Right? <laughs> these yeah. like massive. Mo, obviously, is yeah. a huge influence. So, that's that's where it came from, you know. When 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 baseball was on, when baseball was being talked about uh, in the larger context of you know social influence and things like that, it was it was the Yankees were at the central and central narrative point. So yep. it kind of was inevitable. But I have, you know, I did grow up watching Chipper Jones play because oh, everybody Chipper had TBS top five favorite player of mine of all time. Loved <laughs> me it. too. Yeah. Same with Cal Ripken Jr. Right, he's just another oh, yep. one of those. Yep heavy spotlight guys that mm-hmm. you know when it came to national broadcasting i got to see chipper jones and cal ripkin jr and ken griffey jr and oh yeah yep Derek jeter you know those those are like the core dudes yep so you know i played baseball my whole life um starting at the youngest age and then i got uh i, I got into high school and i got cut from my freshman baseball team mm-hmm. in during the tryouts and i wasn't really too sad about it. I didn't love the atmosphere and I didn't love the, the people I would have been playing with anyway. So it wasn't too bad. That's a pretty um, common sentiment with, uh, with high school baseball. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. And I, I get that. I can see why. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then I found out football practice was starting up like 10 days later. So I just went to football practice. And <laughs> I'm it was fine. With these guys. <laughs> yeah. I, and now I don't regret making the decision, but I do regret not having a stronger uh, you know, not, not working harder because I, I, I understand why I didn't make the team and all that stuff. And I, mm-hmm. I gave it up for football and I, and now I'm a broken man, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. so, but I, I love baseball. I've been watching it my whole life. My, uh, my wife and I, our second date ever was at a ball game. Mm-hmm. She's a, you know, an avid baseball fan. Now she didn't yeah. know a thing about baseball until she met me. And now, you know, I was able to, to show her, you know, the magic and it's been wonderful for us. That's awesome. Well, cool, man. That I didn't know how long you'd played baseball growing up. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Not very long. Yeah. Surprisingly <laughs> short, actually. <laughs> it does. And it feels that way too. Like looking yeah. back at me. So I, I played baseball growing up, like pretty much for me, it's like I could walk and my parents bought me a T-ball set. For and, sure, me too. And I remember, yeah. I remember wandering around my neighborhood when I was little, because uh, we lived in this neighborhood. It's like a bunch of a bunch of the kids were were close, and it was like a close knit neighborhood. I remember walking around the neighborhood with my plastic bat, 
just looking for somebody to play baseball with me. <laughs> yeah. I was like three, you know, because <laughs> <Yeah, that's awesome. laughs> we moved from that neighborhood when I was four. So yeah. I, I could not have been older than that. And I remember that's doing great. that. Um, but uh started playing T-ball when I was five and, uh, and played all the way up through uh, my last year playing. I was 17, not mm-hmm. 16. I was getting ready for my season, my junior year season. And, uh, and my, my shoulder uh, stopped working. So mm. I wasn't able to throw anymore, but I was able to uh, fake it enough to play for one season when I was in college. Uh, there was a club team awesome. that I played on. Yeah. So as so I got kind of one last hurrah in there. Uh, but I, uh, I, like we mentioned earlier, I, I was a catcher. I was kind of everywhere growing up just because um, since I had started playing catcher so young, I started playing catcher when I was nine. Mm. and let me tell you my knees feel it yeah. so anybody out there who wants their kids to be a catcher make sure you pepper them around the field a little bit because <laughs> they get older they're, they're definitely going to feel it um, yeah that's true and uh and so i you know i played some outfield played some third base but um but i feel like that helped me with my understanding of the game because i watch a game and i know what everybody's supposed to do yeah. You know, and, and a lot of that comes from being a catcher because you know where guys are supposed to be going. You see the ball hit, you're like, dude, what are you doing? Why aren't why aren't you where you're supposed to be? Why aren't you making the play? You know? Yeah. Um for instance, I was watching uh watching a Mariners game last week. And if you want to watch bad baseball, if you want to like be able to break down like what guys are not supposed to do, watch a Mariners <laughs> game. Because those guys are so young right now that they make so yeah, many defensive are. lapses, poor reads on fly balls, poor defensive decisions. Um, yeah. But Dylan Moore, the shortstop for the Mariners, he's a young kid. He made uh, – there's runners on the corners, runners on first and third, made a play to his right. And uh, there's only one out. So mm. since there's only one out, most people would think, you know, first, first thought is to go, hey, let's – Turn that double play, right? Turn the double play, yeah. But he was kind of coming in on the cut of the grass. What he did is he fielded it cleanly and uh, just fluidly picked that ball out of his glove and threw home. The only problem was the catcher thought he was going to turn two. So he was halfway down the first base. The ball went to the backstop. Oh, because he was backing up first, right. Yep, yep, and a lot of people on on social media are like, "Oh, what's this young shortstop doing? Why is why is he not trying to turn double play?" And I was like, "No, no, 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 no! You got to understand, the ball was to his right. You know that. Yeah, there's no way he's going to turn a double play. There's no chance on that. And and seeing things like that, you understand that because as a catcher, you've got a different view of the field. You know. Oh yeah. You understand that the guys aren't going to be able to make that play. You know, you, you understand kind of the the angles and the. I guess the physiology of the game a little bit better. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, but, uh, but so now that I've digressed a little, I'll get back on track. Um, so I played <laughs> basically my last year of baseball was when I was 17. Um, yeah. And that was heart wrenching. I didn't get to play. Oh, man. Um, doctor was like, if you can't, he's like, I don't know what's wrong with your shoulder. Turned out to be biceps, tendonitis, but he couldn't, for some reason he didn't know uh at the time mm. so he's like i think if you can't throw you can't play i was like all right and that was like that was like a girlfriend of like 15 years just like right. being like we're done i'm gone and leaving yeah. so i was super yeah. bitter towards baseball for about five years i like oh wow i broke up with baseball i played that one year at, with that club team but it was still like i don't know how much i enjoy this right now um 
it was almost like getting back together, but feeling like, what am I doing wrong all the time? You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so it was, it was, that's, not, hard. that's hard, man. Yeah. So I, I was pretty bitter toward baseball for a little while. And then, uh, when I was about 22 or 23 was finally when I, I got back and I was like, you know, I think I can sit down and watch baseball again. And it was almost yeah. like I developed that relationship where I was like, we can be friends again, you know? <laughs> and so you're not going to be mean to me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to break, <laughs> you're not going to break my heart this time. And so <laughs> even though I get my heart broken every year since I'm a Mariners fan, yeah, you, um, I was just going to say that. Oof, oof, <laughs> Thanks for that stealing is. my thunder. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, I mean, I've I've gotten, I feel like, and it's as far as talking, you know, the relationship metaphor, I feel like it's actually gotten stronger. Um, yeah. I feel like I can actually sit down and watch a game and really, truly enjoy it and just watch it for what it is, you know, and, and I, uh, I've got the coaching bug. I, I, I coach my son's t-ball t-ball team i coached little league a couple years ago um coached 11 and 12 year olds and that honestly i got more enjoyment out of that than i have ever so if anybody has ever thought of coaching jump into it both feet you will not regret it it is a blast it is so much fun it's so fulfilling um we we wanted i mean we won the league that year and my buddy and i looked at each other and we were holding their trophies and i was like i'm more proud of this trophy than i've ever been of any trophy i've ever won in my life and he's like me too this is awesome. That's cool. So well, and youth leagues need coaches so bad. It's I true. Mean, yeah, this it, year for t-ball they had no, not just t-ball for the entire little league in our city. They had three volunteers. Oh, see, and that's just that's so bad because what you're doing is you're taking away these kids' opportunities. Taking away, yeah, you're taking away opportunities for these kids. But it's not just opportunities to play because you know I think for me I think that the real serious kids. They're in travel ball at that point, right? Yeah. Like by the time Little League rolls around, very few kids are playing in rec leagues in order to improve dramatically and, yeah. and advance, kids, you know? Yeah. By the time gets, kids get to be 10, 11, 12, uh, Little League is just for reps. Totally. It's, like you said, they're playing travel ball. To That's where they're starting to learn and where they're getting the competition. But at the yeah. same time, um, we, had, we had a couple kids who played travel ball on that team and in utah where we used to live and uh and they uh and i brought some stuff to the table for some of those kids that they're like he's like oh i didn't they never taught me that in travel ball nice you get you get a you get a fresh perspective with different coaches so absolutely well and it's because of the tone of little league is is different Mm -hmm. you get uh, what you're doing is you're providing these kids with memories and that's what's important to me is that they're building lifelong friendships they're building memories they're growing as a as an individual, right? They're learning these, these life lessons that they can't get anywhere else. And baseball, I've never met a better metaphor for so many things in life than baseball. Baseball is, and we'll do an episode on that too, because that's a a whole ball of wax, but yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Let's, let's put a wrap on this segment, take a short break and we will come right back from proper baseball hat wearing etiquette to baseball in Cuba to firsthand experiences at ballparks across America. Baseball Together provides you with baseball-themed reading material at your fingertips with an online magazine hosted by Medium.com. As a supplement to our podcast, you can read more about the topics we discuss each week when you read Baseball Together. So, whether you're waiting at the doctor's office, sitting at the bus stop, or just have a couple of extra minutes, you can read in-depth breakdowns about current events in the sport we all love, 
or enjoy light reading involving the emotional side of baseball that brings us all together. Visit medium.com and search baseball together because sometimes you just want to read about baseball. All right, baseball family, welcome back to the show. We want to take a minute and explain what baseball together means to us. And in order to do that, we have to explain a couple of things. First, we to, for us, baseball is all about family. It's all about connection. It's all about friendships, right? And this gets into that life metaphor mm-hmm. stuff that we've talked about in yeah. you know in the past briefly. We've mentioned it, but baseball in my life has been the one of the one of the key connective tissues, I guess, is the best way to put it throughout many of my relationships, not all of them, but a lot of them. Like I said, my wife and I, we spent our second date at a ballpark uh, watching a, a rookie ball league in, in Orem, Utah, the Owls. Shout out to the Owls. The Owls. And yeah, we, we've been to a ton of Owls games and tons of other games. Um, when I had, so I had a back surgery after I came home from Afghanistan and, and you know, I was basically sitting around for three months. I wasn't even allowed to start physical therapy for three months. I had it in March my surgery. So we watched a lot of baseball. <laughs> that was the, that was the, I think the second year I bought the MLB TV package or maybe, no, maybe it was the first year T-Mobile gave it to us for free. I think that's what it was. It's pretty it was good first, way to pass the time though. It was. And so I sat, we sat and we watched baseball and she was pregnant. So she was uncomfortable and it was the summertime in Utah. And so it's mm-hmm. bacon hot outside. And we yep. just sat inside. I wasn't allowed to do much. I could barely walk. And she was getting more and more uncomfortable as the months went by. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so we, we watched baseball and that was the year the Cubs won the world series for the first time, 108 years. Uh, that was the year our daughter was born. And you know, 2016 was this like really terrible and really magical time of our lives. And baseball sat right at the heart of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last year in 2018, my wife was diagnosed with cancer. So she had Hodgkin's lymphoma. I found that I was giving her a back rub and I found a lump on her neck in on new year's Eve, 20, 2018. Mm-hmm. And then, and then fast forward a couple of months, we got the diagnosis. She started treatment again that whole summer. And we we asked the doctors, we're like, what do we what can we do? Right? How can we get her out of the house? Is she allowed to be out of the house? Her immune system's real low. And we asked, can she go to a ballpark? Right? Can she sit in an outdoor? Because indoor was bad. They said, Don't mm-hmm. go anywhere inside, don't go to church, because everybody's gonna want to hug you and they'll just pass their germs on to you. And so mm-hmm. that was really hard, but but we asked the oncologist, can we go to a ballpark? She's like, yeah, if you wipe down the seat, I don't see anything wrong with that. Just don't sit like right, right next to people. If you can yeah. find a seat that's a little further off, uh, kind of sit by yourselves or at least a couple seats between you and somebody else and then wipe the seat down and you should be fine. So we did. We got to spend any time we went on a date um, or any time we, you know, we got a chance to get her out of the house. We, we went to the ballpark. And so baseball has been very important in our lives. Um our daughter knows the words to New York, New York, and she <laughs> she knows what a Cubs logo is. My wife's a Cubs fan, so she says, go Cubbies. And it's uh, oh. we're convinced that Olivia was the Cubs' lucky charm in 2016. She was born days before they won the World Series, and she sat there. She must have been with the way that series went. Seriously, I think she and the rain delay must have had a talk. 
mm-hmm. yep. you know, yep. or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so baseball has been important to me beyond, you know, playing and beyond the, the things that I learned on the field and, and the friendships I gained in those moments. Baseball has brought my family closer together. And so what we've, what we're doing here, what we want to do and is bring people together through baseball. Baseball is just the vehicle. Right. But our, mm-hmm. our goal is to, is to help you find your tribe. Our goal is to make sure that you know that, that if you need, uh, if you need more baseball people in your life, that can be us. We do meetups uh, around the country. When we get a chance, we host meetups at, at minor league ballparks. Um, as we've said, there's, I feel like there's no better place. If you're going to meet up with people at a baseball game, minor league ballparks are the way to do it. Oh, I totally Internet agree. Setting, not a whole lot of ticket regulation at those games. Yeah. So you can kind of go wander, do whatever you want at those yeah. places. And major league ballparks are starting to get more that way because they're about the fan experience. Yeah. But, but yeah, if you're, if you want to go somewhere with some friends and have a good experience together, go to a minor league game because you're going to have, you're going to have a good time. Yeah. And so what we want to do is the topics we want to cover are all, you know, we're going to cover current events, but we're also going to cover love of the game. And so if you, what we're hoping to do is if you have somebody in your life that's, that's investigating baseball, I guess is the best way to say it, or they're, or you want to get them involved in the game, um, then we want to be that place. We want to be that resource to make sure that, that they feel comfortable. So we're going to explain things like, what OPS means and and what war mm-hmm. means. Some of these sabermetric statistics that go way over the head of of these new fans, uh, because you need you need to not be doing baseball alone. So we're going to do it with you, but we also want to make sure you are able to communicate baseball with those people closest to you. If you want to get your wife or husband to the ballpark, then we want to help you do that. If you want to get your kids involved in the game and excited about the game that you love, then we want to help you do that. Yeah, and if you just need somebody to talk baseball with, I mean, it sounds like it kind of sounds like a support group, but I mean, I, I've heard <laughs> or proselyting. Yeah, <laughs> but seriously though, I mean, <laughs> the guys I work with are football and basketball guys. They yeah. don't know anything about baseball, right. so I don't have anybody to talk baseball with at work. I'll be like, I'll be cruising my phone, taking a little break, and I'm like, oh hey, oh you don't oh. you don't care. So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so I, I have, I have certain people who I send text messages to about baseball and we've got, we've got the Facebook group. Uh, yeah. and that is, is so active. There's things posted all the time. And yeah, if you, and like, like, like Briggs said, if you have a question about OPS about war, or if you just find something that's awesome, share it. We, we want it to be a community. We want to talk baseball, baseball together. I mean, seriously, let's do baseball together. Let's because do it together. As much as I love to sit down and watch a baseball game by myself and just love it, and just veg it's out. so much. Yeah. It, oh, just totally just veg out. I like to be able to sit and watch a game with somebody, just a talk about stuff, but also be like, "Oh man, did you see what happened there?" Mm-hmm. Um, like I like going to games with my wife because she'll just she'll let me just sit and just spit random stuff like (laughs) we went to a bees game in salt lake one time and i was like look at that picture see what he's doing she's like no tell me even though i don't know if she actually listened i was like (laughs) his stride i was like his stride isn't very long i was like so i was like if he if he took a bigger stride he'd probably had three four miles an hour to his fastball she's like oh that's interesting i don't know how much she really cared or she thought it was interesting but i had somebody there that i could tell that to yeah so i feel like it's more fun to be able to oh i I felt so much better than just you know just thinking in my head 
like, oh, that guy's stride. I was able to vocalize it to somebody. So if you have something you want to vocalize to anybody, put it on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Jojo Corner. I'm not super active, but if you say anything to me anywhere, I will respond. I always will. Yeah, Um, me too. You can come on on Facebook, and uh, I typically try to respond to... uh, to active comments and things like that to active posts. So I just, cause I just think it's fun. I just think it's fun to have people to uh, talk about baseball with. Yeah. So just so you guys know, everything we do is in conjunction with uh, nine plus us. It's a baseball apparel company that, that we run. And mm-hmm. the purpose of that, as we have explained a little bit in the, you know, and we'll continue to explain is, you know, the purpose is to use baseball as a vehicle for a charity that we're running as well. So it's our nonprofit. It's called Called Up, and it's still in the early stages. But every T-shirt you buy goes toward, you know, a portion of those proceeds go toward building this charity and, and you know, getting kids the opportunities that we've had, you know, taking eager young ball players and putting a glove in their hand or cleats on their feet, whatever it is that they need in order to, to learn those life lessons and gain those friendships, uh, lifelong friendships, and have those memories. So, um so that's that's part of what we're doing. You can find us at 9plusus.com. Um, you can buy t-shirts at shop.9plusus.com. And we have... Um, and there, there's a link on 9plusus.com as well. So if you have a hard time remembering the shop part, yeah. that's just fine. Um, that's 9, spell out plus, P-L-U-S, us, yes, com. That's right. So there's a lot going on here. Um, but ultimately, the, you know, the, I think the title Baseball Together speaks for itself. We're... We're here for you. We're here for baseball because we love it and and we love people and we want we want everybody to have a place. That's right. And the last thing we want to we want to add in here with you guys, we want to try to grow this community. So if you like this podcast, uh, subscribe, like, share it, do whatever you need to do, and and uh, if we we can get this thing growing, then hopefully we can get this community growing and and do some good things with uh, with baseball together and uh, and called up because. Uh, like Brigham said, we want to be able to help help kids have the same experiences we had growing up playing baseball because baseball is not a cheap sport to play. Yeah. And to have, have equipment that's good and it's safe, it, it's, it costs some money and not everybody can afford that. So we want to be able to help out with that. Yeah, and we'll talk more about that in later, later shows. Yeah, that's right. All right, well, thanks for joining us on this very first episode of the Baseball Together podcast, and we'll see you next time. Bye.